Hey, Bitch Talkers, episode 228 of the Bitch Talk podcast. Welcome. Uh, this is another special one. We, I'm going to just call him friend of the show. His name's Sean Baker. He's the writer, producer, director, oh, editor of The Florida Project. We spoke to him a couple weeks ago. We were nice and cut our own time down <laughs> during the, uh, the publicity tour, but we really connected. I tweeted at him uh, last week that I saw the film for the third time. We connected on Twitter. We uh, exchange info, and then guess what? He's back on the show. So uh, listen to our interview, our second interview with uh, Sean Baker. And don't forget to follow us on our website, bitchtalkpodcast.com, Twitter at bitchtalkpod, Facebook, bitchtalkpodcast, and Instagram, one word, bitchtalkpodcast. And also you can send us an email at therealbtpod at gmail.com. So uh, this is episode 228 of the Bitch Talk Podcast, interviewing Sean Baker of the Florida Project. Hello. Sean. Sean, what's up? Hey. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? Good, good, good. Good. Thanks for being back on the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. Um, I want to first uh, congratulate you on your Gotham Award nominations for the Florida Project. Best Feature, Best Actor, Willem Dafoe, and Best Breakthrough Actor, Brooklyn Prince. How exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. yeah very exciting. It's See, just the start. Now. It's just the start yeah. for sure. <laughs> um, so how are you? It's been a couple weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's been really wonderful to see the film roll out. And I'm really, if you can probably hear it in my voice, I'm pretty spent uh, because we, you know, I'm basically this, um, with this film, promoting it every single day and traveling so i'm off to turkey in a couple oh, of hours wow um yeah that should be fun not <laughs> istanbul um it's a it's a uh, a town in the west a city in the west called atola Atolia. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, i know i'm probably messing that pronunciation up but anyway um yeah so yeah, it's been it's been wonderful though. Great, great, great response so far. Yeah, and is is Turkey? Is it for a film fest or how are you getting the Florida project over there? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we worked with protagonist pictures. They're our sales agents. Oh, got it. And okay. uh, basically, what they did at Cannes, or even before Cannes, was to uh, sell the film to the world, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it and the film really picked up afterwards um really selling to territories that i had previously not played in i mean you know my my films have been released my my last two films have been released in turkey but um you know it's just the fact that uh it's really great that we're selling more territories and that this film is actually getting a lot more exposure i believe wow than my previous so yeah it's exciting yeah yes very exciting <laughs> well, uh, I'm really glad that we got to have you back on because we had five million more questions <laughs> <laughs> that we never got to. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, your casting process. You have a very unique way of, of finding your actors. <laughs> um, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just really quick to wrap that up, though. It's called Antalya. 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 And I guess what it is, it, yeah, and it's the film festival there. So we, we didn't play Istanbul, so we're going to that festival. Okay. I think it's all about timing. It's all about timing, too. It's like which, you know, sometimes you just simply can't, you can't hit film festivals if it's 
if your film comes out at a certain time during the year. Right. So, mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so casting. Um, uh yeah, where would you like to begin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how I guess because of social media, you're back on the show, first of all, but also because of social media, that's that's how you found um, the lead actress, the, the mother for the Florida Project. Oh, yeah. Were you just kind of scrolling through? or? Yeah, that's basically how it happened. We weren't intending to use Instagram to, to cast, uh, though I did use social media in my... Uh, my pre my in tangerine actually we cast um, a supporting role from vine and oh. another role from youtube so it was it wasn't it wasn't um something that uh we were intending to do but it was definitely something we were keeping an open mind to uh going into this and i think what happened was that i was scrolling through instagram and somebody had reposted one of bria's posts and you know on instagram it's video as well as photos so right. I was mm-hmm. able to hear her talk and she she really won me over with uh you know with her uh, self-deprecating humor and her youthful energy and she had that physicality I was looking for so uh we thought why not have her read with the kids and uh so she came I reached out to her with a direct message and then she <laughs> she uh, thought I was a stalker at first. I was I was just <laughs> gonna say if somebody reached out to yeah. me like hey I want you to be in my film you know I'm like oh, okay buddy yeah, especially because my Instagram page is just shots of my dog. <laughs> and that's all it is. There's, there's nothing to show. I'm actually a filmmaker on from my Instagram page. So, um, so yeah, she but she she Googled me. Everything was fine, and then <laughs> she came to Orlando and read. And I'm so happy it worked out, and I'm so happy that June Pictures, who you know produced and financed the film. Um, they re- were allowing me to roll the dice on this one because it's a big, you know, it's a big risk. I mean, it's it's easier on a micro budget film to take chances like that, but with a film that costs in the, over, you know, a couple million, uh, the, you know, to have one of your leads as come cast off of Instagram and have no prior experience, uh, it's a big deal. So, thank God it all worked out. Yeah, and, and you can't tell at all that she's new to this. No. I mean, she is. it's a really powerful performance. Like, did she feel intimidated? I mean, she's acting alongside Willem Dafoe. Yeah, she was, she was. She told us she was a little intimidated, but she had, she was very enthusiastic, and she really was also very realistic about this. She wanted to make it work, and she said, you know, and we knew she was she was she was green as green could be. She like <laughs> never had even attempted to act before. I mean, she put herself out on social media in such a way that we knew that confidence probably wouldn't be an issue. But um, my my uh, acting coach uh, Samantha Kwan, who's working directly with the kids, decided like let's let's have uh, let's let's have Sam take on Bria as well. So that when I was off location scouting or doing something like that, she would be very, um, she would be intensively working out with this, like, like, like all day workshops, trying to basically trying to cram like what would be a four years of acting school into about three and a half to four weeks. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So intensive. uh, But she got there. Yeah, but she got there. Yeah. And and speaking of uh, actors and casting, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, and I hope I don't um, mess up his name, but Karen Karagulian, is that correct? 
Karen. Karen. But you got the last name. Oh, yeah. yay. Okay. Oh, uh, I got <laughs> half of it. So y- he's worked with you or you've worked with him in Prince of Broadway, Starlet, Tangerine, and the Florida Project. You kind of seem and, to be uh, a ride or die guy, huh? He's been in every one of my films, including Four Letter Words and Takeout as well. So oh, okay. Every single one. Yeah. Um, how did that, <laughs> when and how did that start? You have a really great working relationship. Sure. There's a film called Men in Patience, which is a, which is a uh, short, 16-millimeter short that I actually uh, produced and edited, uh, directed by Karush Yaragi. And it was ha- what introduced me to Karin. And I, from that point on, I just started putting him in these roles. And I wish I could have given him a bigger role in the Florida Project, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually did have more scenes, but we had to cut them for timing. Uh, but he... Uh, He's just somebody who I consider is, is just a wonderful uh, actor. He should be getting more attention from the industry. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad he isn't, and I think it might be because of his ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and uh, and uh, but it's it's uh, he also we're very good friends. And at one point he said, you know, I'm I'm basically your good luck charm because you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you put me in every. I'm your one constant. You know, I'm the one constant in all mm. your films. You know? So I was like, you're right. So we always have to find a role for him. And I'm trying <laughs> to actually make a film with him that in which he, you know, is, is like the full-on lead. It's been, you know, it's, it's been difficult, but uh, we're, we're trying. We're trying. You're doing well with him being being a smaller role. You know, I think you can stick to that, stick to your constant. <laughs> him just popping yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Although I, I thought his, his role... role so oh, go far. ahead, sorry. <laughs> Oh, I, no, you're about to say it probably. The biggest role so far has been Tangerine. Right. But I think Prince of Broadway is actually, he was pretty much the co-star in that as well. Yeah, I, I really respect his role in Tangerine. It's something you don't see ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> eye-opening. It was risky. It was risky for him because, you know, uh, right. transphobia is, is extreme in Armenia and you know whereas all the other films uh have been have been celebrated over in Armenia and in, especially at the you know Golden Apricot the, the 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 big festival in Yerevan um he uh I um this one was unable to really be shown a lot over there because of this and and it was a you know it was a it was it was a brave uh, move on his part to do this, you know, it's uh, because it definitely will divide and and definitely be looked upon, down upon by some people in yeah. Armenia. Yeah, there was well uh, to bring up Tangerine again. There, there was uh, the car wash scene just kind of stuck with me. It was a really, I mean, I mean what, what's happening in the scene, it, and but it's also really intimate, and uh, the sounds of the car wash. I, I don't know, just that whole scene was just it. It really stuck with me from from the movie. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I look, I'm looking down on that car wash right now. Right behind <laughs> really? It. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. wow. Hollywood, right behind it. Oh. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> Topical. <laughs> Well, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the your pre-production process. You spent a lot of time in these motels with actual people that were living in them, right? Yes, we, we approached it very much like we approached all the other films, sort of in a journalistic, a journalistic approach where we interviewed 
many people, um, including the residents of the motels, the motel managers, small business owners, and the agencies that actually provide social services to uh, a lot of the residents of the motels. So, were they were they um, welcoming for the most yeah. part, or were they hesitant? Um, a few were hesitant at first because, and as we show in the film, um, you know, uh, it's, it's pedophilia is, is rampant. There. Mm, you know, pedophiles God. are drawn to the area because yeah. of children, which is a very scary thing. Oh, and, God. And, uh, and so when we approached them as filmmakers, you know, they got a little, they were scared. Some parents were actually very uh, scared about us uh, and they didn't know our intentions, et cetera, et cetera. We, of course, did our best to to put them at ease and show them that we were legitimate, everything was okay. And eventually they did. I mean, for example, one parent, um, the, the mother of this young girl who played Brooklyn's body double, um, she didn't have her initially uh, come to our audition because she actually was very leery about our production. And then uh, finally, you know, we all... I think that the community and as a, in, you know, at large, the community um, in many ways embraced us um, by the time we were shooting. And, you know, uh, this woman that I just spoke of, you know, she, she said, Oh, I wish my, my, my daughter uh, auditioned. I'm like, no, it's okay. You know, she's playing a body double and we're able to pay her every day. So, you know, things worked out well um, with that. Um, but um but no, and o- overall, you know, it, we had a very uh, a great relationship with the community, and and the residents of the motel, you know, they were at the motels, plural, you know, they were um, they were very forward with us about wanting us to represent the, um, their world properly, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we we always went we went through the approval process of of having them look at. Uh, our, our treatment and as we got closer to the script we were passing the script by people to, for approval and um yeah so it was and what, what we, we also tried to employ them as much as possible for background action mm-hmm. right and some of the employees the real employees from uh from the the magic castle they were able to help us out on set so we you know we, we did our best to to bring money into the into the community as well. That was very important for us to do. Right, and the character of Bobby wasn't even in your initial story, right? But it, but it wasn't until you actually got to meet some of these managers and and you realized what an important what an important figure these man- hotel managers play in, in the in the lives of these kids. Yes, you got it. Basically, we at first we had written up a treatment based on only things that we have read. Because and, and Chris Christopher Chris uh, Bergash, can you still hear me? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yep, yep, we got you. <laughs> okay. We're listening. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, for, you're fine. Um, no, my I, I'm with these AirPods, and sometimes they die. Um, so, but anyway, um, Chris Bergash, his mother was uh, living there, so he was actually um, taking trips there all the time. But I didn't have the funds to go, mm. and so we got a um, before we actually got a grant from Cinereach to help us with these research trips, we actually just wrote up a treatment based on all of the information that we were reading. And, um, and also some, 
some video that was on YouTube, you know, some uh, journalistic, uh, you know, coverage of, mm-hmm. of that, of the situation there. But so we wrote up something that was very much about like a mother and daughter and we had a beginning, middle and end. But quite honestly, that just, it just goes to show you, you really can't do that sort of thing. You have to be, you, you have to be on the ground in right. the environment that you're focusing on. So, of course, we got rejected. Like, uh, you know, we got people passing on our on our treatment. And perhaps hmm. they, you know, I look back at that time and I'm like, I could hold a grudge, you know, because, but at the same time, I'm like, maybe they were right. Maybe they saw that it wasn't there yet. And and it really wasn't. We were looking for a grant. We got the grant from Reach. We were able to start making these trips there. And I think that that's what really got us to understand the world because, you know, we, we met with this, uh, we met with uh, motel managers and there was one gentleman in particular who really opened up his world to us. I mean, like really became our passport to that world. And he wanted the story told. I know, I knew that I could see it in this man that he was very, um, that he had a struggle going on internally because he loved and had compassion for the families and the children living there. But he knew that any night of the week, any day of the week, he may have to evict them if, they, if one of mm-hmm. them didn't come up with their you know, mm-hmm. nightly rate and they would be out on the street that night, like literally on the street. So, uh, yeah. uh, and so he kept a difference. I mean, I'm sorry, he kept a, a distance. He kept mm-hmm. a distance. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it was because, you know, he just couldn't allow himself to get too close. Um, and this was sort of like this reluctant parental figure that I saw in these guys. And um, mm-hmm. that's what very much got us to that place of where Bobby was developed and you know, where Bobby came from. Um, something we talked about really quickly off air with you while we were running out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't but, done talking. Yeah, we weren't done talking. <laughs> but I wanted to kind of uh, bring it to light um, that there was an instance where Angela and I were at a screening and there was a Q&A afterwards. We were sitting there listening and there were a lot of people that were mad at the mom um, and thought there's a lot of judgment placed on the mom after the film. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then last night I was just doing a little more Googling about the Florida project or whatever. And, you know, you don't make movies for critics, but it was a critic in Texas. I'm not going to say the name, but was very, very judgmental of the film. And I was getting really hyphy reading his his critique of the film. Along the same lines? Like very much. At- and one of the lines is, the Florida Project seems to be not only forgiving of, but encouraging lax and misguided behavior by people bent and determined to get by while doing the absolute bare minimum. Wow. How, yeah. as a filmmaker... <laughs> I just... I know- how, how do you cope with that? I know critics are critics, but I mean... I, regular everyday people well, are kind of saying the same thing. It's just, it's maddening. <laughs> well, it also shows you, you know, the way that some people think, and it's really, it's really sad. And, it, and, it's, and it, you know, that's what it, it's, think, it's thinking like that, mm-hmm. that has, that, ha, that continues uh, to keep the stigma going right. of, of, you know, of people living uh, you know, in the situation of homelessness in general. And I think it's really uh, disgusting, quite honestly, if you ask me. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, I think that, uh, you know, that, that, that is very short-sighted and ignorant, and, um, and, there, and that, 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 that critic lacks empathy, any sort of empathy, right. which is, is really just like, I, I just don't understand how 
this guy, uh, what, what, what this critic is even looking for in film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, or just in storytelling in general, I feel like he hasn't had any human connection at all. And right. So I, 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 yeah, but, but it also shows that this is why I'm making these films. Is I know that people are out there thinking this way. Exactly. And, yeah. And, and, and yes. And, and I think that part of the goal of these films is to, is to help you know, change the way people think. I mean, I, 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 I've certainly, um, you know, I've been very affected by learning about um, the subjects in which I'm focusing on. And, and, it, and I don't think it actually has ever changed my way of thinking because I go in there thinking a certain way. Obviously, I think I'm... But at the same time, um, but, um, but I know awareness is like the first... Awareness is that in education is the first step towards removing... Um, the stigma and, yes. and and to change and the starting way a conversation and to be yeah to be more open minded and it just sounds like when I read stuff like that it's like those people just never even took the first step you right know, they never even they're just ignorant and they're whatever I'm, right I'm sorry <laughs> no I didn't want to yeah. piss you off but I was reading that last <laughs> night I'm like what in the actual fuck I don't yeah I don't yeah. understand how you can watch that movie. And not feel empathy towards people that don't have anything really and are right. just scraping by to survive in America, which is the richest country in the world, allegedly. So, yeah. yeah, I'm just it, as mad as you are, Sean Baker. Well, we were, we were shocked because it's just the, the anger. I, f- I didn't feel any anger at all. No. It just, that's not what you get from this film. It's crazy. But it's, yeah, guess, yeah, there's definitely different ways of, of looking at it, which I, which I think is important. You know, it's, it's, I didn't want to... And I think we talked about this really quick. I, I, you know, sometimes when these films that cover this sort of, uh, that cover people um, in this in this way, um, in this in these circumstances, um, I think there's a tendency to to sanctify characters to really make them holier than thou, and mm-hmm. then, uh, and I think that what happens there is that you you're not, it's very condescending because it doesn't really actually even treat your own subjects as, as human. You're not even, you can't even, as a writer, I, you know, connect with your, with your subjects in a way where you're putting them on equal ground. And I think that that's, and I, and I think that, um, I think that audiences feel connection to characters when they see maybe as a flaw or two because you know that it, because that's it human them of themselves yes, yeah it's, it's human so so when when somebody is made a saint or when somebody is just is just uh you know a uh some yeah i'm, I'm sorry i sound this way by the way i'm no, I'm, no. I'm very overtired and i have jet lag no, so you're I can fine tell I'm, my energy is up and down but but, but what I was trying to say is that when somebody is made, yeah, made a saint, the audience can no longer connect with that person. And, and therefore, the, the, the goal of the movie is thrown out the window because you want the audience to connect with the characters enough where they love them, they're thinking about them. And then when they leave the theater at the end of the night, they're thinking about the real movies and the real Haley's out Right, there. right. The whole goal is, is, is ruined if you go, if you... You know, if, if you try too much to to make them, you know, perfect. Right. Um, and maybe maybe this is a conversation starter. Not maybe. This film is a conversation starter yeah. one way or another. So, yeah. so that's 
it's it's a it's a good thing. Um, let's end this call on a high note. <laughs> um, okay. Where else are you opening this weekend? Because it's uh, it's ten twenty seven this Friday, so I'm guessing there's some more markets opening. Um, we are actually opening. We're we're moving to 144 theaters, which is pretty awesome. Wow. 144? I, yeah. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So what what we're trying? I'm trying to get my I'm trying to get the information up on Twitter. Okay. Um, and uh, so as soon as A24 gives me that information, I'm going to be getting it up. And right. um, basically uh, what we're trying to tell you, trying to tell people out there, because we've been getting a lot, we've been seeing it on social media that people are like, when is it going to hit my city? When is it going to hit my city? Right. Well, it hopefully will. And right. just be patient. It's coming. <laughs> um, uh, it's a platform release. And so A24, they did a very similar thing with Room and a very similar thing with, with Moonlight. Right. It, and it basically expands every weekend. Right. So, just, um, I would say look at Fandango, look at Movie Phone, look at you know A24's website and keep watching my posts on Twitter and see when, when you can see the film. And again, it would be really great if people supported the film in the theaters. Right. Um, you know, we're uh, trying to get this to continue its life for a few weeks in the theaters. Um, and uh, and um, also we shot it for the movie. We shot it for the big screen. Right. You know, we shot it in a way. Oh, the cinematography. Oh, so beautiful. Yes. We forgot to talk about yeah, that. We forgot about yeah. that. Okay. <laughs> Next call. Yeah. yeah. The, our our, our yeah, third he, call. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Alexis is so wonderful, and and he shot it on thirty five millimeter. Oh, it's gorgeous. The wides of the kids uh, so. walking. Yeah. Is wow. So beautiful. Yeah. And, and Sean, yeah. that's why I went to actually pay for it and see it a third time because <laughs> it is important for oh the, it, the the box office is important to you guys and to indie filmmaking and for these types of films to be made again and, and again and again. So, yeah, had to see it again. So um, we will repost that information well, once you. you post it. And we are champions of this film. So thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we'll see you at the awards. Oh, no, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, knock on wood. Knock on wood. All right, yes, we so are. Of course, safe travels. Thank you for your work. Yeah, have fun in Turkey. Eat cheese Love and bread that. and cool. all that. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Bye, Sean. Bye. That was our second interview with writer, director, editor, producer, Sean Baker of The Florida Project. And, uh, yeah. An all-around good guy. Yeah, just <laughs> smart, empathetic. Uh, I don't know. He's just a good human being making really good films. So uh, The Florida Project, I think, is open in every major city across the country and is still opening throughout the country we will uh, retweet and post where else it's opening this Friday uh, October 27th and I think there will be more award nominations I'm just putting it out there mm-hmm. that's how it feels yep so um, we did forget to really ask about cinematography but whatever it's fine third time when he comes yeah his third <laughs> interview will finally have all our questions his, answered his third interview <laughs> uh, we'll talk about his next project no I don't know because I'm sure he's got stuff in the pipeline he's a smart guy um, but thanks to uh, Sean for coming back on. Thanks to his publicist for connecting us uh, via phone. And thanks to Adam at Brigade Marketing. Thank you, Adam, for uh, hooking this up. This is episode 228 of the Bitch Talk podcast. I'm Aaron. That's Ange. Bitch, please. <laughs>